Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Reading to you from Psalm 73, Psalm 73, verse 25. I think this is a good passage of scripture to focus on for this year when it comes to your personal time with God. The psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For indeed, those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who desert you for harlotry. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Tonight's subject is, it's good to get close to God. It is good to get close to God. Amen. Amen. I used to read a lot, a lot of books, and uh, then uh, this thing Facebook came, and then YouTube came along, and it seemed like a lot of good quality book reading time got given to those things. And don't judge me, you know you're doing it too. Come on. I mean, uh, when I discovered all of those old Garfield cartoons on YouTube, I was just hooked, right? But I started reading again the past several years, and it's amazing how good reading is for your mind. And I mean a solid book, a regular book. Away from a device, it is, I don't think there's any greater way, any greater tool or resource that we have here on this earth that'll really just help you unplug, you know? Because if you're doing something on your phone or your computer, you've got millions of other things you can do on that one device. But when you're in a book, there's only one thing you can do, and that is focus on that book. And uh, I want to recommend some books that I've read recently that made a great impact on me and I think will be a great blessing to you. Number one, I don't even know if it's been promoted from this pulpit, but our bishop, Bishop Gleason, published a book last year called The Unflawed Leader, a fantastic book. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not really much of a leader. Well, you're the leader of your home. You're the leader of your family, and a lot of your friends are looking to you for influence. And this book will help create a culture of Christ-likeness in your life and wellness in your life and family. There's a lot of stories about our family, including me in there, if you want to know some stuff about me in there. And it will really bless you. Also, Bishop's book, The Culture of Generosity, a great and fantastic book that will open up your mind to just how powerful giving is and the blessings that will come from you. Also, another book that I read from a great man, truly, truly a great man who has passed away, passed away in 2020 from COVID-19 and many other complications, but his name is Eli Hernandez. And some of you maybe that were with us back in the 90s remember him. Some of the greatest revivals of that decade happened when evangelist Eli Hernandez was with us. And he uh, <clears throat> saved some sermon notes, and his wife and some of his close associates gathered together these sermon notes. And some of the things he wrote down, and, he, and they published two books after his passing. One is called Maintaining Divine Operation. 
maintaining divine operation. A lot of good stuff in here about spiritual disciplines and how to keep the flow of the operation of the Holy Ghost in your life. Another one he wrote, it's called A World Beyond the Stars. You're interested in the spirit world? Get this. I'm telling you, I read it through several times, opened up my mind and my understanding to a lot of great things. Lastly, I want to recommend to you tonight by a good friend of mine, Brother Josh Herring, the book Fast Forward. Now, it's not talking about getting your, reward, your remote and fasting forward or pressing, you know, fast forward on your phone. But it's talking about how to fast and your fasting moves things into your future and even sometimes moves your future closer to your present through fasting. I want to recommend these books to you. I think uh, here in the beginning of the year we're looking to um, add uh, good resources to our life and our personal time, and I think these books will be a blessing to you. And uh, I almost didn't want to recommend books. I, I don't know. I kind of like to – I don't even like to read in public. I don't want people to know what I'm reading, you know. But um, something inside of me said do it, and uh, Brother Darrell Green walked in with a stack of books here tonight, and I thought, that's my sign. I'm going to go ahead and recommend those books. I don't know who you are out there, but one of these books is going to greatly impact you. If you can acquire one of these books, greatly impact your new year. I also want to recommend to you that you spend a lot of time uh, opening yourself up to Christian media, especially apostolic media. Our church uh, posts most of our services online. We do a, a live presentation, and you can find us on at the Life Church Casey on Facebook also on YouTube. Uh, we archive our services as well as, as many other great uh, sources of media content, but also check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You may not use these applications, but uh, if you're the type of person you're on the go and you don't really want to sit and watch a bunch of stuff, but you want to listen, those applications are great to put in your background while you're being productive. And our church podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TLCKCMote.com is just for that type of person. And we've also uh, started last year, we found a lot of old tapes and we started cleaning out uh, some of our space that's now going to be for the future children's wing. We discovered these tubs of these old cassette tapes from the 1990s and the early 2000s, and we've been doing a project converting a lot of these cassette tapes into MP3 files and uploading them. And i got to tell you, we've received so much great response from hearing Bishop Gleason preaching back in the 90s, Brother Stone King, Brother Mahaney, and so many other great preachers. But if you will put the Word of God into your mind while you're driving, I'm telling you, you and God will go somewhere right there in the car. You have trouble sleeping at night, don't watch the TV, kick on some preaching. Amen. You're at work and you have some downtime and you don't know what to do or you want to pass the time, amen, kick on some preaching. Play it in your house. It'll change your mind. It'll be a blessing to your family. And you'll get to know the Lord, amen, in a powerful way through the preached word of God. Can you say amen? Amen. I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms. In the past few years, I've actually taken time in the month of January just to read the Psalms. And I like the Psalms because out of all the Old Testament books... Psalms is the most New Testament out of all of them. You look in the New Testament, there's a lot of quotations of the Old Testament. There's a lot from uh, Isaiah, a lot from various parts of the history books, but the number one book in the Old Testament that's quoted in the New Testament is the Psalms. 
because the Psalms talked about the grace of God and the mercies of God and really had a grasp on God's forgiveness. And, of course, a lot of the Messianic prophecies are encoded in the Psalms. So when you read Psalms, you're getting a lot of Old Testament history, but you're also getting a great glimpse of Jesus. And after now, preaching for almost 20 years, a lot of people have asked me a lot of questions. They'll come up to me with their Bible and they'll say, what is this? What does this mean? Or they'll text me or email me or I've even had some people send me letters asking me, what does this mean? And I've yet to have somebody come up to me and ask me, what do the Psalms mean? It's always something in uh, Leviticus. People love that Leviticus. <laughs> Want to know what all that's about? And half the time I'm like, I don't know. I just slaughtered a lot of animals and all that is over when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. Amen. A lot of Isaiah, a lot of the writings of Paul, and especially Revelation. Oh, they like that Revelation. But I have yet to have anybody come up to me and say, I'm reading in Psalms and I don't know what this means. And it's not because people don't read the Psalms, but I think it's because the Psalms are so easy to understand. Because it's written in very simple language. It's music lyrics, which we all identify with. It's really poetic. But when I read the Psalms, I see three major things in there, and that is love, pain, and spiritual ascent. Love, pain, and spiritual ascent. All of us know what it's like to feel God's love. You can find that in there. So every one of us knows what it's like to go through life's pain. You will find that in there. And then by the end of the Psalm, you are up in the heavens with Almighty God. It speaks to the real world and to the real life, and it's very devotional. And I found this scripture several weeks ago, and I've read it many times, but it just jumped out at me, especially that verse in 28. It is so good for me to draw near to the Lord. It's so good for me to draw near to the Lord. That jumped out at me. And also verse 25 Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nobody on the earth that I desire but you. And what the psalmist is saying for himself and for all of us here that are hungry for God and wanting to have him inside of our lives, what he is saying is that heaven is our ultimate future. But if you want to be in heaven where God is in your future, you've got to have him here now and you're present here on the earth. Meaning, if you want to be close to God in heaven in the future for all eternity, you've got to learn how to be close to him on the earth here in the present. Drawing nigh unto him is so important and so valuable. Several uh, nights ago on New Year's Eve, I was watching some media. And i got to tell you, the media on New Year's Eve has been a disaster the past several years. Nothing entertaining, nothing nice, nothing pleasant. It just, it's all thrown together. And so I hear folks laughing. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, I was watching some of the media and some of these reporters were going up to random people with a microphone and a camera and they were asking them, what's your New Year's resolution? What's your New Year's resolution? And, you know, a lot of people said, get healthy, get in shape and all of that, you know. Heard a lot of things. But one of the number one things that I heard, it seemed like, I don't know, I probably saw about 30 interviews. It seemed like about 20 of those interviews, the number one thing that I heard people saying for their New Year's resolution of 2023 was to eliminate toxic people out of my life. 
eliminate toxic people out of their, their life. Some people said their boyfriend, their girlfriend. Some people said their parents. Some people said the neighbors. Some people said this and this and that. And it's essentially people saying, I've got people in my life that when I'm around them, just their presence is upsetting to me. Just being around them, I feel like I can't even have any peace in my life. Essentially what a toxic personality is, is somebody who has their own issues inside and they can't contain it, but somehow it just gets leaked out and all of their misery makes everybody else miserable. All of their dysfunction makes everybody else dysfunction. All of the social ills of humanity wrapped up inside of them, and it just pours out upon other people. And there's this big trend right now, if you know somebody like that, you just get rid of them. I say as long as they're getting rid of them, we'll take them here in the church because God can heal anybody of a toxic spirit, praise the Lord. Because God's spirit is not toxic, oh no. When you get around him, you're not upset, but you feel like you can make it. You get around this Jesus, amen, you don't feel discouraged, but you feel so uplifted, amen, because you are not feeling something so much of this earth, but you are feeling a power in heaven come down here upon the earth to uplift you, to change you, to help you with every resolution, amen, that you want to make. That's why we come here on Wednesdays and Sundays and revivals and conferences and groups and other things we do. It's to draw near, amen to a non-toxic God, but a loving and a great God. Can you say praise the Lord? But I've been hearing people in our church, other churches, seeing it posted on social media, other Pentecostal people. The number one thing that I hear from us in New Year's resolution, and no, it's not to lose weight, and it's not to get healthy, and it's not to get in shape. I think some of us have already given up on that and we've moved on to bigger and brighter, better things. I don't recommend that, but I'm just talking about reality. But I hear it a lot with people when it comes to spiritual resolutions. A lot of people say, I want to get where I need to be in God. I'm not where I need to be in God. And I want to get where I need to be in God. And this passage and other verses teaches us exactly how to do that. And I'm going to present it to you. And I believe the Lord is going to help you in this season of the new year. The psalmist said, my flesh and my heart, it fails. It does. Notice it doesn't say I sin, although that has a lot to do with it, but I fail. In other words, everybody fails. We don't always accomplish everything we want or everything we need or everything that we're supposed to do. And getting honest with God about that is one of the keys to drawing close to him. It is to admit your faults and it is to admit your failures. And I think a lot of times we think we're supposed to come to God and convince him of how awesome we are. And convince him of how amazing we've done things and how proud we are of ourselves. If I understand the Bible right, our righteousness, not even just our accomplishments, but even our righteousness is like filthy clothes in front of God. 
He's looking at us, I'm so righteous, I haven't sinned in years, and I've had perfect church attendance, and we present all that to God, and he's looking at that saying, all I see is dirty laundry. All I see is a laundry basket full of dirty clothes. There's nothing wrong with admitting the things that you are just so excited about that you've done for the Lord and celebrating. God wants to celebrate with you. But if you really want to have resolutions and really get things corrected about you in your life, Never, ever be afraid to pour out your heart of your faults and failures to the Lord. He wants to hear it. He's the safest person to ever vent anything to. You know why? Because he's going to listen until you're done. And if you're ready to change, he'll give you the answer that you need. Praise the Lord. I have a family member. Last year he told me, he said that uh, this coming October, I will have been sober for six years. He said, I've been an alcoholic since the 90s. He said, I went to this meeting, I went to that meeting, I went to this group, I went to that group. He said it was October 15, 2016. He said, I was asleep in my car, trying to sleep off my intoxication. He said, I've been on a two-week bender and on all kinds of substances, He said, I got a knock on my window, and he said, I opened my eyes, and there was a man that looked in that window and said, you need to leave here right now. And he said, I opened up my eyes, and I looked around, and I realized I was in the worst part of my city, a part where a lot of transactions happen. And he knew that if he would stay there, if he was stuck there, he would mess up some of the business dealings, and it could possibly be a danger and threat to his life. And he said, when I looked to the right and looked around and looked left again, where the man was in my window, he had disappeared. He said, I immediately sobered up. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, this is how you get rid of your addictions. God gave him a direct word. And he's been sober and clean ever since 2016. Praise God. Faults and failures, God wants to hear it. Getting honest that God inside of me, in me, my body, my flesh, my carnality, it fails me. I can't have confidence in it. I'm not going to go through it. But the only thing that I have in this world, in this life, that I can cling to, that's going to keep me strong and give me joy, it is Almighty God. I've heard a lot of people say it. I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to get in touch with myself. My Bible says, he that will lose his life will find his life. I gave up on myself a long time ago, and I realized if I will give up on myself and strive to get as close as I can with God, I will have so much purpose, and I will have so much direction in my own life, because inside of my heart and my flesh, it is nothing but a fallen creature and a failure, but God is a life-giving spirit, and in him is full of wisdom and knowledge, and if you will have this God, amen, you can quit your addictions, you can get rid of your habits, you can get rid of your hang-ups, amen, because that's the God we serve, amen, if you will get close to him, He will better you, praise God. The psalmist said, but there's not, there's people out there that don't want to be close to the Lord. Not everybody does. There are those that are so far from him. And it's those that will be forgotten of God. 
It's the people out there that can look at a sunrise, a beautiful sunrise, and see a beautiful sunset and think to themselves, no God. They look at a beautiful beach, the beautiful ocean, and say, no God. They look at mountains and they say, no God. They look at all of the creation because nobody has an excuse. Just looking at creation, you know there is something more. But there are people that refuse to inquire and to search out what is more. Those are the type of people that never thought to draw close to the creator that will be forgotten and destroyed. He also said there are those that desert you, God, for harlotry. Those type of people will perish as well. There are people that were never given the truth, but they could have had the truth if they would have but searched. But then there are people, the truth comes to them and they believe. But for whatever reason, they do what we call backsliding. They slide back. The Bible gives very strong language here. It says they commit harlotry on God. You know what they're simply doing? Not being faithful to God. Not being faithful in the spiritual disciplines that we are to have to walk with God. Those are the people that God says, you want to have this world? I'll let the world have you. But be sure whatever you choose in this world, it can save you like I can. Be sure whatever you choose out there, it'll love you like I can. And they walk around finding and figuring out nothing can do in this world, can do anything for their eternal life, for their inner peace, and nothing like that. But if you will remain faithful to Jesus and follow his word and be submitted to him, you have eternal life in heaven, praise the Lord. That's why the psalmist says, it is so good for me to draw close to the Lord. For to be close to him is security. To be close to him is to have protection. To be close to him is to have the very essence and meaning of life itself. So how do we get close to him? Well, get close to what God is in. If it's a godly book, God is in it. Read those godly books. If it's godly music, God is in it. Get close to the godly music. If it's a good godly friendship, God is in it. Stay in that friendship. If it's an ungodly friendship, you might want to back up a little bit. If it's a godly movie, a godly TV show, a godly whatever, God just may be in that. If it's ungodly, God is not in it. Just by simply looking where God is, finding out godly things and putting those before you, you will draw closer to the Lord. Amen. That's a good resolution to start with. Judge everything that you put before your eyes. Is God in it? Is this going to help me find God? And you'll be shocked when you begin to purge things out of your life. You and God will become like that. Amen. And you'll get to where you need to be in the Lord. I'm going to talk to you about a few other things. Let me hear you say prayer. If you got a good prayer thing going, don't change it. Stay locked in. The way you pray, the time you pray, all of that, stay locked in. But maybe add a few of these things to your life. From talking to many of you, you're longing to have a consistent prayer life and to go from a prayer life to really a life of prayer. Amen. The Bible said God inhabits the praises of his people. 
And I think a lot of times as Pentecostals, we think God is only in the shout and the dance and the power of the church. And we think this is the only way to have church. And a lot of us came from false religions and the nominal world and whatever where you couldn't feel nothing. Nothing. But you come in here and you're like, oh, I feel God amongst these people. And you think in your psychology that God can't move where it's quiet. It has to be loud and exciting and a lot of people. And Pentecostals struggle, I think, with personal prayer time because of that. You know, you sit down in your, in your, in your chair in your living room. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. You want to pray. And uh, Dr. Larmy's not up there in your living room leading worship. <laughs> or Bishop end up there preaching, and, the, and you can't hear and see the baptistry tank going. And you're like, how can I have church right here? God can't move in a living room at 5 a.m. Ooh, come on. Oh, yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. Learn to take what you do here in church and do the same thing in your house, but in a one-on-one relationship way. I love to raise my voice in church. God loves loud worship and praise. But do you talk to normally to somebody and say, how you doing? Great to see you. That's making a joyful noise unto the Lord. Man, I just felt the Holy Ghost in doing that, just acting it. Whenever you talk to somebody, you talk to them and make connections with them in a normal tone of voice. And if you will pray like that with God, you will realize, I'm having a conversation with the Lord. And talking to Him like you would to a normal person. Talking to Him about what you think is exciting. Talking to Him about what you think is not so exciting. Talking to him about things you think could go well and talking to him about things you can go bad. And essentially what you're doing is you're pouring out your heart to your Savior. Pouring out your heart to the Lord. And you know what? You're going to get clarity. You are going to get direction. And you are going to get peace from Almighty God and ultimately draw close to him. I've had people ask me, how long should I pray? We have nowhere in the Bible that commands us exactly how long to pray. Now, some take when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said to his disciples, could you not watch with me for one hour? And some people have read that and felt a conviction. I need to pray one hour a day to the Lord. If you're doing that, I've done that, been doing that, keep doing it. But a lot of us, young marrieds, we've got three kids, we've got full-time jobs, we've got this or that and the other. Sometimes having an hour a day is a very difficult thing to do. And I've read the Bible. I don't really see a command in the Bible that commands us to pray an hour. I know of some people, not only do they tithe their, the first 10% of their financial increase, but they tithe their time to God. They pray two hours and 45 minutes every day. I mean, start the clock, kick on the watch, and they pray until it beeps off. If you're doing that, God bless you. But in my opinion, the best prayer times I've ever had is when I'm not worried about the clock. I think God wants time, but he's not wanting a start and stop time. Now, for a lot of us that have a very hectic schedule and you have to run by a schedule, I mean, I don't want you to be late for work at 8 a.m. because you're sitting there in your living room having a, you know, a Holy Ghost time in your living room. You need to be worried about the clock, but 
Several years ago, I did my own little experiment, and I went through my Bible, and I found all of the various great prayers of the Bible, a lot of the prayers of the Psalms, the prayers of Moses, the prayer of Jabez, the Lord's Prayer, uh, some of the prayers of Paul. And I did it right here on the altar early in the morning years ago, and I started praying all of these prayers. I didn't just read them. I actually prayed them and incorporated them into my life. And I got out my phone, and I just hit the uh, stopwatch and put the phone down, not worried about it. And I got out a little piece of paper and drew out a tracker. And for several weeks, I prayed every prayer of the Bible as best as I could and touched God, and the Lord moved in a mighty way, really, really blessed me personally. And you know what I found out? All of these prayers of the Bible, if you pray them right, in your own way, in your own life, from your own perspective, you know what it adds out to? Not an hour, not two hours and 45 minutes, 20 minutes. You pray the Lord's Prayer in your own life. For instance, deliver me from the evil one. Really going after that. Deliver me from temptation. You start talking about all the things that are tempting you. You incorporate that in that prayer and all the other aspects of that prayer. It's going to average out to about 20 minutes. The prayers of David, Psalm 23, praying all of those things in my life. Lord, I don't want anything because I have you as my shepherd. You lead me. You guide me. You keep me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. Just praying those things as I need them. It all adds out to about 20 minutes. And I want to show you something else, another verse that I've got highlighted in my Bible that I love. It says in Psalm 113.3, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. And I've heard it preached, you know, that right as the sun comes up, you need to be dancing and singing and praising the Lord. That's what it means to pray without ceasing, right? I've discovered what praying without ceasing means. You know what it means? It doesn't mean you need to pray all day, every day. You know, I'm going to go home tonight and have a chicken dinner. I'm probably not going to be praying while I'm eating that. I won't. All right? You know? (laughs) But um, essentially what it means is never break the habit of prayer. And I did some digging and some research into this. It was a psalm, Psalm 113 for the priest. And what they would do is they would get up Early in the morning, they had one guy that would stay up all night or various watches. And when he knew the sun was about to come out by watching the stars, he would call out to the priest and say, Arise, it is time to bless the Lord. And you know what they called that man? The rooster. When it says in the New Testament to Peter, before the rooster crows three times, you will have denied me. It wasn't a rooster, a bird down there in the temple. They would forbid an unclean bird like that in the temple. You know what it was? A man calling out to wake them all up. They didn't have alarm clocks back then. People were the alarm clocks. And what they would do is the priest would stand on the hill towards the east, and when they saw the light begin to break above the horizon, they would raise up their hands and chant and praise the Lord, praises to his name as the sun would come up. If you've ever timed it, I've done it up here on the hill. By the way, if you ever want a good spot to pray, it's right up here on the hill in the drive up on the, on the, looking towards the east, seeing that sun come up. Especially right now when all the leaves are down. Oh, you can really see it come up. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. I've done it. And I did another experiment. I've timed whenever day begins to break and from the time the sun passes the horizon. You know what it averages out to most mornings? 20 minutes. And I've done the same thing. As soon as that sun dips below the horizon and then all of a sudden light is pretty much extinguished. You know how long it is? 20 minutes. 
And what I'm telling you is, don't worry about the clock, but you want to have a good prayer session with the Lord and really say everything that should be said and feel everything that should be felt, 20 minutes. You've got 20 minutes every day to touch God. You do that consistently day after day after day, you're going to feel close to the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Reading your Bible. It's hard for some people. Don't like to read. If that's you, get an audio Bible. Nothing wrong with that. For most of us, including ourselves, I don't know, there's something about no sound, quiet, and just reading words that really connects me to God. Your Bible, no matter what version, I don't know about the Precious Moments version or the Kids Picture Bible, the typical Bibles, and if you want to read that, that's fine, you're going to have 1,189 chapters in your Bible, totally, from Genesis to Revelation, 1,189 chapters in the Bible. I know that seems like a lot, but if you can read the Bible through in one year, you're doing really good, above average. The Bible has around 800,000 words. That's the equivalent to about the average of 10 nonfiction books. You just read your Bible, you have read 800,000 words. That's about 10 nonfiction books. Wow. If you can do that in a year, you're doing really good. And I think it's doable. I've been doing it for years, sometimes two or three times a year. You think about this, 1,189 chapters in the Bible divided by 365 days a year, you get 3.25, meaning that if you will read three to four chapters a day in your Bible, you will read the Bible through in one year. Three to four, maybe take it up to five, because maybe some days you just life happens, you're in the thick of it, and you might not get to it. You start reading your Bible, your Bible will read you. You start reading your Bible, God will talk to you. Oh, he will. 20 minutes of prayer, three to four chapters, really will put you at about 40 minutes of personal devotional time with God. It will help you in your walk with him and drawing close to him. Another thing is, and I'll just say it because we're all here and I know people are watching online and some people will watch or listen to this on demand. Be at church whenever you can. If the doors are open, be there. I know work is a blessing, and these days, if you have work, take it, get it, go after it. When you can, be here. If you miss, go back and watch us online or listen to the podcast. Be there for it. You want to draw an eye to the Lord, get everything that you can out of church. It's one of the most biggest, uh, sometimes I hear it negatively about church. Some people will say, I just didn't get anything out of that today. Very rarely around here do I ever hear that. Some people just think they don't get it, everything out of church. Well, if you want to get everything out of church, you've got to put everything into church. Number one, learn to greet. I'm not saying you've got to be on our greeting team, but learn to greet. And uh, I don't want you pointing any fingers or looking around. You worry about yourself right now. There are some people among us that, God bless you, I love you, you're nice, but you don't know how to greet. You come up to me and not even saying, hello, you want to talk about all the hell you're going through. (laughs) And uh, I believe in bearing one another's burdens. And you know what? Cry on my shoulder, weep on me. I I like that. I'm here for you for that. But um, I love this sanctuary. I love our narthex. I love our event center. I love our prayer room. I love all of this and that. But you want to know one of my favorite places on this church campus? It's our dumpster. And it's not only there for the physical trash and the trash bags, but every time I drive up here, I look at that and I throw things out of my heart into that trash dumpster. 
out of my mind. That dumpster can handle it. Because I want to come into the house of the Lord, like the Bible says, with praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. And the Bible commands us, greet one another in the name of the Lord. Just simply saying hello and praise the Lord, you have made a connection in the Holy Ghost with somebody. And I'm amazed sometimes I say hello to somebody and they look at me like, what? Like the word hello doesn't even exist in their heart. So full of offense. So full of anger. So full of frustration. And you'll know a lot about yourself. Can you even greet somebody and say hello and smile? Begin to do that in the narthex, the parking lot, here in the church, wherever. Greeting somebody. You'll start getting more out of the church service. I can promise you that. Praise the Lord. Worship. When it's time to worship, get your hands up. Get your voice going. I, I'm not saying you've got to run the aisles, although if you want to cut a rug in the Holy Ghost, go for it. We like that around here. You want to fall out, do that. I love that. I love falling out. I love all that. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, all you people, put your hands in your pockets and sit still unto the Lord. Or sit down and, 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 and uh, text unto the Lord. <laughs> oh, but when it comes time to worship, oh man, get after it. Get into it. And you get into worship, I'm telling you, God will move on you. When it comes time to give, give. A lot of us give online. But give as the Lord has commanded us to give, the first 10% of our increase. Amen. When it comes time for the announcements, it's so easy to check out. But stay informed as best as you can during the mid-service segment. Listen, write things down, be informed, follow us on social media, stay informed. And just doing that, you will feel a connection to the Lord. When it comes time to the preaching, don't get out and write your grocery list. Don't check your fantasy football. Listen to the word of the Lord. You want to get something out of it, get close to God, listen to the preaching of the word of God. And everything that the preacher preaches, amen, it will bless you. When it comes time to that altar call, don't go out in the narthex and start passing out your business card trying to get clients. Come forward and pray. You'll get more clients than you know what to do with if you start praying for it at the altar. Praise God. And do, and do a little bit of fellowship with somebody after church. You do all of those things, the church experience, amen, you will get close to the Lord. Can we all stand? Musicians, please come. I feel like there's a deep hunger inside of us and we know that there is so much more for us that God has to offer that we're not getting because we're simply not getting close to Him. Pray to Him, read your Bible, and get to church. I want to give you one more thing. A sign that you know you're getting close to God. I saw this in my early 20s after I started developing a life of prayer, developing a good relationship with my Bible and putting everything I had in church. It was one night I walked into the prayer room, and most of the times I would walk in and it took me about three or four minutes to pray to even feel God. But not one night I walked in, it was like, boom, God was right there. And it was like God was saying, I've been waiting on you. God got familiar with my time and place, and he came before I did. 
And I noticed when I would pick up my Bible, God would already be talking to me before I even opened the page. And when I opened the page, what I'd already heard God talking about, he started talking to me in the chapters of the Bible. A lot of times, I'm usually the first one to get here on a Sunday morning. There are some Sundays right when I drive up View High Drive and I see that sign, I instantly feel God. He's arriving before I'm there. He's excited about my prayer time so much so that he wants me to feel his presence before I even start. When you get that going, that's a sign to you. You're close to God like the Bible commands. If there's anybody in here tonight, amen. Everything that was preached here, you want it inside of your life. This altar is for you tonight. For anybody, amen, that wants to take their prayer life to another level in 2023, tonight is for you. For anybody that wants to see things in the Word of God that like they have never seen before, this altar call is for you. Because I believe the Lord is wanting to put something new and fresh inside of your heart and your mind and your soul and in your spirit to form new godly habits inside of you. And if you will come forward and say, God, my flesh and my heart, my life, I failed so much. Lord, with you, if I'm near to you, I can do all things. You're not going to do it without God's help. But call upon the Lord and say, God, put these things inside of me. Help me. Drive me to the prayer room. Drive me to read my Bible. Lord, put it upon me. Put conviction inside of my soul to do everything I can to get everything I need to out of church. And if you will do these things, these are things that God wants to do for you. He will answer those prayers. And he'll answer them even tonight. Hallelujah. God, I pray, amen, the revelation of how to get close to you comes right now. Somebody that's wanting to come out of an addiction, Lord, nearness to you, amen. For you, Lord, are sober, amen. We'll be as you are, we'll be sober. There's somebody, amen, that wants to see miracles, wonders, and signs in their ministry. Hallelujah. If you will draw near to the Lord, the miraculous God will put his miraculous on you this year. You will see miracles happen with your own eyes and your own hands and your own life and your own world. And somebody who's looking for a miracle, somebody who's looking to be blessed, hallelujah, in your job and your career. Our Lord owns everything, amen. If you will call out to this God and get a hold of him, amen, the success of our God will be granted unto you. Call upon him tonight, hallelujah, for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.